0: is pro Rata, where we take just 10 minutes to get you smarter on the collision of tech business and politics brought to you by silicon valley bank ideas bank here i'm Dan mac on today's show president trump's unexpected war on wall street and why facebook is hyping tiktok but first fighting for attention Tonight, the Democratic presidential candidates will be back on the debate stage for the first of two televised nights from Detroit. And look, it's been well established in the digital media age that a key debate objective is to go viral, at least for the right reasons. And that's amplified even more when there are so many candidates. But what we wanted was a sense of what about the candidates was resonating before the debates. So Axios partnered with a company called Newswhip to figure it out. Now, Newswhip is a kind of data analytics company, and they compiled and analyzed numbers on trillions of social media interactions, including things like likes and comments and shares, and learned that the most salient policy position since March 1st from a Democratic candidate came on student debt cancellation, with Elizabeth Warren getting a bit more attention for her positions than Bernie Sanders got for his. In terms of Joe Biden, his top storyline wasn't a policy at all, but rather his ability to beat Trump. But that got only half the attention of student debt from Warren and Sanders. In fourth place, Cory Booker and Pete Buttigieg were basically tied. Booker for gun control and his attacks on the NRA, Buttigieg for his criticism of the religious right. When it came to Kamala Harris, it was her plan to increase black home ownership. The bottom line here is that this sort of information can measure voter enthusiasm in a way that traditional polling can't, both positive and negative. In 15 seconds, we'll dig in with Axios reporter Neil Rothschild. But first, this. Have a great idea
1: for a startup? Silicon Valley Bank wants to help you make it a reality. With more than 35 years of experience, they understand the challenges of the startup journey and have created banking and financial solutions to help founders every step of the way. Silicon Valley Bank, ideas, bank here. Visit svb.com forward slash next to learn more.
0: We're joined now by Axios reporter Neil Rothschild. Before getting into the specifics, could you explain how we sift through the millions or maybe even billions of tweets and Facebook posts to measure online attention?
2: Throughout the course of a campaign, you have thousands and thousands of stories written about each candidate, most of which we do not see. We have our own social media feeds of which we will see things that we have curated exactly to our own interests, But that means that we're not seeing the things that are getting shared by millions of other people based on their interests. So this is a way of getting to kind of the whole universe of what's being said about candidates and issues. How do we quantify that and then really make sense of what are the candidates that are going the farthest online and what are the issues that are getting the most interest?
0: Within the methodology of this, do we have a sense of kind of when we look at attention, how much something is being amplified perhaps multiple times by the same person? And as a piece of that, kind of the – I don't mean the quality of it, but kind of the pro-con, right? So it's one thing to say that Elizabeth Warren's uh, you know, college-free tuition is getting lots of attention. Do we know if that's positive attention or negative attention?
2: We don't, and we wrote a couple weeks ago that conservative media has gotten kind of the biggest stories about 2020 candidates. However, there's kind of a baseline theory behind this that in order to succeed in the election – It's all about getting out there further and further. So, yeah, there's going to be positive sentiment. There's also going to be negative sentiment. That is going to be the case for all issues and all parties. You're being supported. You're being attacked on either side. But we're most interested in what is really breaking through, which is a signal of enthusiasm, right? If no one cares about you, the negative sentiment just isn't going to go very far. But by being able to put a finger on, yeah, no, we know that this is getting a lot of interest and there's a lot of emotional juice behind this. That's what we're really interested in.
0: And so let's speak of that. Let's break these numbers down a little bit. I I mentioned Elizabeth Warren's tuition-free college plan combined with kind of student debt cancellation. You guys found that correct that that was the most interacted with topic slash candidate? Right. What we did was we
2: took the 50 biggest stories for the top eight candidates in polling pretty much since March 1st, where the campaign started to heat up. And what we found is this, if you go through those top 50 stories, what are the common threads? What are the storylines that you continue to see being shared, you know, a lot and by different types of media? And the numbers are consistently high. And we found that, you know, more than any other candidate's policy, Warren and Bernie's policies about canceling student debt for Bernie it was to the tune of 1.6 trillion for Warren it was about 640 billion those numbers way outpaced anyone else's policies
0: that's interesting and for Joe Biden who is the front runner at least the assumed front runner right now based on polling It is literally polling. That's his lead story, correct? Polling in terms of how he matches up to Trump?
2: Exactly. And I think that's a great barometer of where this election is heading and how people think about it. The fact that he is polling well against Trump, you know, you see stories about national polling and how he's up in a poll in Texas. That very much mirrors what people see in him is an ability to beat Trump in the same way that what people see in Warren and Sanders
0: are kind of new radical
2: proposals for how they think America should be shaped.
0: What's the lesson? If you were a social media consultant or something like that for one of the campaigns, what's the lesson that these candidates, these campaigns should take in terms of how to break through on social media when it comes to what can be, you know, pretty either detailed or kind of wonky policy positions?
2: What we see is that our modern media consumer has such a short attention span, right? We just don't commit the attention to things that are required for a little more nuance, more grounding in policy, which is why, you know, as big of an issue as healthcare is and climate change is, they really get boiled down to a few key lines. Old-fashioned
0: bumper sticker politics, right?
2: Exactly, which is why you saw, you know, Donald Trump in 2016, you have the border wall, you have the Muslim ban, those are very concrete They're very easy to grasp. And so it's going to take policies like that that are similarly, you know, you
0: see it and you know what it is and you feel some way about it in 2020. From your perspective, you talk about what Trump was able to do in terms of kind of simplifying things down and and kind of having the the kind of a sloganeered election. He literally had a sloganeered election. He also, of course, on Twitter is extremely, uh, to be kind, provocative. Are we seeing any candidates kind of trying to follow in that mold or are they simply taking the first part, kind of the social media marketing part, but not the, for lack of a better term, trolling piece of it?
2: No, I don't think we are at all. In fact, if you look at these numbers and just from a raw volume, take how many interactions are being generated over the course of the campaign. It was high kind of around March, April, May, and then into the first debate. It has plummeted in the last few weeks. There is Kind of compared to the president and the other national issues, the 2020 candidates kind of aren't able to will themselves into the new cycle with provocative statements, by tweeting insults at each other. Maybe that picks up as we get closer to February, but you're not seeing that to any extent, certainly not compared to Democrats like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who can you know, assert herself in a new cycle and all of a sudden everyone's paying attention to her.
0: Neil, final question for you. You you made a comment or a mention in this story about how this sort of data maybe better reflects emotional responses to issues and to candidates than traditional polling does. So when you look at the data that comes out of the debates tonight and tomorrow night, are the issues that pop up, is, is that kind of what we're looking at, kind of which is the gut reaction, the emotional reaction, rather than kind of a stepped back? Oh, that's an interesting policy. Here's why, why and why. Is that what we're really looking at is the gut reaction tonight and tomorrow?
2: Yeah, exactly. And I think an important distinction is that you have a debate and certain moments get covered more. And that's very much the media sending a signal like we think this is interesting. This is what we're showing. This data is interesting for an indication of, okay. but what do the actual people think about it? What do the voters think? What's getting shared the most? So then you can start to sift through that divide between what the media messages that most people are seeing, and what is actually getting
0: people animated and worked up the most. Neil Rothschild, thank you so much for joining us. My final two right after this.
1: Ping pong tables, kombucha on tap, and open floor office plans are nice, but your startup will need more to succeed. With Silicon Valley Bank, you'll get a banking and financial partner with more than 35 years of experience helping founders move their bold ideas forward faster. Silicon Valley Bank. Ideas. Bank here. Visit svb.com forward slash next to learn more.
0: Now it's time for my final two, and first up is President Trump's war on Wall Street. And I know, if you're on the left, the very idea of Trump v Wall Street sounds laughable, given the huge 2017 tax cuts. But when it comes to big corporate mergers, his administration has become tough and unpredictable, either blocking, trying to block, or threatening to block lots of big money deals in almost every industry sector, tech, media, healthcare, telecom, even mining and printing. The bottom line, Trump's love of big things and distaste for regulation and judicial activism doesn't extend to M&A, where he seems reflexively opposed to big mergers and in favor of stricter rules and activist regulators. And speaking of antitrust regulation, our final item today relates to a new argument Facebook is making to Congress. In short, it's not unbeatable. And Exhibit A is Chinese lip sync and meme making app TikTok, which is exploding in popularity. For example, it's been credited with helping to hype Lil Nas X's song, Old Town Road, which recently broke Billboard's record for the most consecutive weeks atop the charts. But the thing about TikTok It's not very well understood by almost anyone under the age of 30. And yeah, your trusty podcast host is included there. And that means Congress isn't yet buying what Facebook is selling. In fact, Elizabeth Warren couldn't stifle a laugh when asked about it last week. Then she composed herself and said it's a reminder that Facebook has, quote, too damn much power. It makes them arrogant and disconnected from reality, end quote and we're done. Big thanks for listening, and to my producer, Tim Shovers. Have a great National Cheesecake Day, and we'll be back tomorrow with another Pro Rata podcast.